when I started in my salon suite journey, I knew everything. I mean, I was super smart. I didn't want to hire their account, their their uh, architect because I can get an architect a lot cheaper. Well, I don't want to hire that general contractor because I get my general contractor cheaper. That's a stupid decision. Do not do that. You're paying money. Use professional people that they recommend and who've been through that process because that's a very hard lesson to learn. Um, is you bought a franchise for a reason, listen and do what they tell you to do. And I, I, I learned that the hard way. It took me about three weeks and I said, okay, never mind. I'll do exactly what you said. And so when, even if you know everything and you've run multi-million dollar businesses, if they tell you to use this architect, use that architect. So that's, that's one of those other things is, is do what they tell you to do. You're not smarter. You might think you are, but you're not. Welcome to the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. My name's Dan Claps, founder and CEO of Franchise Playbook, a franchisor platform where we create, own, and operate dynamic franchise brands in the mobile services space. And my life's goal is to help people just like you fire their boss and become a business owner. And I'm Christian Dadalak, top franchise consultant and co-founder of Real Franchising, a leading franchise consulting firm. And together, we're on a mission to help people fire their boss, hire themselves, and live the American dream through franchise ownership. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. Super excited for the episode we have today. We have an amazing guest in Jeff Alexander. We'll talk about him in a, in a quick second and introduce him. Um, before we do that, wanted to briefly say uh, thank you to our sponsors. And so, um, as you guys know, if you've been listening to the past couple of episodes, uh, Silicone Signs has uh, been a, an amazing partner of ours. And just as an incredible business that we feel is potentially very, very helpful to many of our franchisee and franchisor friends that are out there. And so, Silicone Signs, hence the name, they, they focus on uh, signage and eliminating a lot of the typical problems that franchisees and franchisors face in the uh, the signage process. And they're they're based out of Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, they're sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Uh, again, they specialize in interior, exterior signage for franchisees specifically, and for, for franchises specifically, rather. So they, they, they're franchise-focused. They understand the franchise space. And uh, they've dealt with tons of amazing brands from Crumble Cookies, Capriotti Sandwich Shop, Wing Zone, Dirty Dough, Handles Ice Cream, and so many other amazing uh, franchises that are out there. And, uh, and they help with everything from not just ordering the signs, working with uh, you know, designers and project managers, but they're going to help you take you through the entire sign process and really approach the relationship as partners, eliminate many of the key, the key headaches like, uh, and, and help you to deal with many of those headaches like landlord requirements, approvals, permitting, tight installation schedules. And what we love about Silicon Signs is they don't have a sales force. So their model is really to become the preferred vendor, the preferred sign vendor for the franchisors they work with. And uh, since they don't have to pay a sales force, expensive commissions, they're able to stay lean, compete nationwide, and they've done work in all 50 states, even Canada and Puerto Rico. So if you're a franchisee, you'd like to get a quote from them, check out their website for Silicon Signs. That's siliconesigns.com and request a call. They typically respond in a matter of hours. And if you're a franchisor looking for a great sign vendor, the CEO, Chase Dalton, would like for you to reach out to him directly. His email address is chase at siliconesigns.com. 
And they also have an online request from their website to get you connected quickly with him as well. So if that's something that you feel you might need help with or at least want some information about, definitely check out Silicon Signs. Again, siliconesigns.com to get more information. And we want to thank them again so much for their partnership and helping us to do this podcast because uh, it is not, uh, it's not free to do. So thanks guys so much for doing that. And uh, without further ado, I wanted to introduce our amazing guest here today, uh, Jeff Alexander uh, with uh, uh, CEO Correct of Franchise Succeed. And he does a million and one things within business and franchising. So, um, but super, super happy to have you on, Jeff. And I know that you and I have been uh, we've seen each other on the internet a little bit, but this is the first time we're ever really able to connect and have a conversation. So super excited to have you on, man. It's wonderful. I, I thank you. Great, good afternoon. It's it's been awesome to uh, listen in, and now it's kind of great to be on the other side of the, uh, I guess, earphones or microphones. So amazing. Well, well, Jeff, let's um let's start off with a little bit of your background. I mean, if anyone checks out your LinkedIn profile, it's extensive with all types of experiencing and franchising and private equity and just business in general. And it's super fascinating to see someone with your resume. So where do you start? How did you find franchising? And what is your what is your your background in a nutshell? Well, you know, I I actually got my start in the car business. Um, I started selling cars when I was 19 years old. Um, You know, I I was trying to figure out, you know, what I was going to do. And um, I, I learned very quickly that I was really good at selling cars. Um, to the point where I actually opened up my first car dealership when I was 22 years old. Um, I used car dealership um, and uh, I kept growing it. Um, one of the big parts and elements of that, though, was I started carrying my own paper. So I was doing my own automobile notes and I would bundle them into, into packages and I started selling them off to, to national banks. Um, so I kind of learned, I would say that it was cars, but it was also more finance than it was cars. And that started growing and growing over the years. And, um, you know, really the big adjustment for me happened in about 2008. And um, I was, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do. Uh, the bank that I had been doing a lot of business with said, hey, we're getting out of automotive completely. And if you're in that automotive sector, you know, the float is a huge part of, of moving titles and, and, and money from one thing to the next. And I was realizing that if I want to do this, I have to, I've got to make some changes. So, um, you know, some time passed a little bit. I got out of the car business and I was trying to figure out what an opportunity would be. Uh, and long story short, a couple of guys that I had uh, had worked with over the years needed someone to help them structure everything to raise capital um, to drill and develop oil wells. Well, long story short, I built this whole infrastructure to do oil and gas deals. And it happened to not work out with those two guys. They were a little, we'll say a little bit unscrupulous and things didn't go well. But now I own this mm. uh, broker dealer. Uh, I've got a way to raise money, but I know nothing about oil and gas. And I found a, an amazing business partner um, who knew the business. So I ended up drilling and developing oil wells throughout Kansas and Oklahoma, uh, not knowing anything about oil and gas, but knowing about business. And, you know, one thing we started realizing uh, is the swings in oil and gas are pretty high because it's very easy to get, hit a good one and then lose your butt on one and hit one and lose and lose and hit. And, and I was like, there's got to be some way to stabilize this because I'm not all my eggs in one basket kind of thing. And I've got an older son who was playing youth football with another kid. And I know his parents did something with salons or whatever. And I knew them as just fantastic, awesome football parents. So I went to lunch with them. I said, so tell me what, what do you guys do? And, and they were actually the founders of Phoenix salon suites. Uh, based in Colorado Springs, where I'm from. 
And I thought, well, these guys are awesome. So I actually opened two Phoenix Salon suites and they were fantastic and frankly, very passive. And I started looking at my returns and my returns across those franchises on average were a little bit, a little bit less than oil and gas, but not that much different with a whole lot less risk. And I thought, okay, this is something that I can really see making sense. So then I actually started actively pursuing uh, a couple other brands. One of those was Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Uh, another one was Orange Theory. And I learned very quickly that territories are not there. Uh, I made a lot of calls and there was nothing. And I was like, okay, so where do these brands come from so that I can get in early? And uh, a good friend who was actually doing franchise development at the time for Phoenix said, you need to go become a franchise consultant. I go, what's that? He goes, it's kind of like a realtor for franchises. I said, he goes, and you have the best situation because if you find a great brand, you're going to see them before anybody else. And there's a good potential. You're going to get your franchise fee back if you put your own money in. I thought, well, that's a great deal. So actually, I started early in that process uh, with a, a franchise consulting group. And, um, you know, I really frankly didn't know anything about it. But this is the time where uh, Supercuts was starting to move all their corporate locations over into franchises and and kind of just, I'll say, not even knowing what I was doing, I sold 26 of them. And I thought, okay, I think in, in three weeks. Um, and so I was like, I think, because, you know, I'd built a very good database over the years. Um, but I, I, I found myself really still looking for that emerging brand and, and trying to find that because it's something in, in during this whole time, I still ran a private equity group that was looking for street. For, I've, and I've invested in everything from real estate to, believe it or not, a walk-in bathtub company. And, uh, and, and some of them have done really well. And, uh, but I'm, I'm just looking for a great franchise brand. Um, and I, I, I meet a, a group that's trying to develop a, a nationwide network of chiropractic offices. And at the time, they were only bringing in doctor-owned locations. And the joint really hadn't picked up the momentum that it had, but it had figured out how to have investors own the locations and not be doctor-owned. So looking at that model, I really was able to sit down and build a model in which um, offices that could be non-doctor-owned and then run with a doctor as a, a team member, uh, you know, consultant, employee, etc. So... I, I reached out to some friends. I raised a bunch of capital with the idea that I was going to open 30 locations. And uh, started down that path. I opened six locations. And in about eight months, I realized that if I kept going down the path I was looking at, I was going to lose my shirt. It was going to be really bad. Um, you know, we were losing a fortune. And frankly, I probably could have gone out of business had I stayed in even six more months. Um and, you know, because everything on the paper looked great. The average revenue was great. Everything was great. But what, what it mm -hmm. did speak to was the difficulty in hiring the right person to run it that has a vested interest and is hungry and wants to grow a business. That's not, that's not that easy to do. And, and frankly, um, I was very fortunate that in the contract in the FTD, which I assisted in, there was a buyout clause. And I could write a very large check, a very, very large check, and exit. And uh, I did. I wrote a big, uh, I wrote a big check to exit, but now I, I have to basically create and build a company from scratch, um, which I did. So I built a company called Connected Health Centers. We're in Arizona, Colorado, and Texas. And 
basically running a, a, a model which the doctors have skin in the game, but they're excited about building it. And, and I've been running that since 2019. Um, which, but again, you know, because I had some fantastic people in that company, I still kept looking. And so one, I, one thing I really realized in franchising is if you've got a fantastic business and then you can effectively coach, train, and mentor other people to do the business well, you really have something. And so I started down the path with a couple different companies and franchise creation companies. Um, to, and I, I found, and frankly, I found a lot of clients because I ate at the restaurant or I did whatever. And I'm thinking, this is the best hamburger I have ever had. And I literally would say, we need to scale this. And that's how, uh, how, how a lot of these have happened. Um, I work with a brand, uh, and actually a brand that was on Shark Tank, um, a brand called Fried Green Tomatoes that actually penciled the deal with Barbara Cochran. They're one of our clients. Um, that didn't, I think I remember them. It's, it's yeah, fried Holly Cooper and fried green tomatoes. So they're one of our clients, but I happen to love the episode. I checked where they now, they didn't end up penciling that deal. So, you know, it's, so it's one of the things that we were able to come in and help them and give them the support they need. Um, but one of the things we realized was that in this world, there's a lot of people that will help create it. You'll get a big manual. And those of you guys who know what an FDD is, you get a 200 page piece of paper and you get an operations manual that's stacked and they hand them to you and say, good luck to you. And, and I felt like there's a whole lot better way to help build and grow businesses because I've done that in private equity. I've watched small little companies that were mom and pops grow and grow and exit. And so I knew there were some pretty cool opportunities. And, and frankly, I love franchising because the, the stability, the, the comfortability, the support you get, a great franchisor who's willing to support you and get their hands dirty with you there's nothing better on the planet. Um, you know, and, and anything I would tell anybody looking is you need to know that that person is going to get dirty with you. Um, come, come, and they want you to win and they want you to be successful as much as they want themselves, them to be successful. That's when you know you got something. So I mean, that's a, you know, it's 20 plus years of, <laughs> of, of experience into like a little, you know, eight minute blurb or whatever. But, but, you know, the thing is, I would tell you, I love the business. I love franchising. Um, I love the ability to, my biggest passion, I think, in my life is, is to help other people be successful entrepreneurs. Um, you know, it started in salon suites when I'd help, you know, 25 or 30 individual salon professionals be successful. It started there and it's just kept growing from there. So, you know, that's why I love it is because somebody who's never run their business, if they find a great franchise that can help them and build them their own business, it's a pretty amazing thing. Is you don't have you don't have to go at this alone. You got a team around you that can help. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, the thing I love about it is, like you said, yeah, you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. We've heard that a thousand times. It's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. It's true. But but not every franchise is created equal. And and if you don't read the fine print and understand what you're getting into, and talk to enough franchisees, do validation, be connected with the right resources along the way in terms of funding professionals, franchise attorneys, those sorts of things, you know, things can get pretty scary too, right? It's, right. you know, a lot of people in, in the franchise world like to share the stat that, you know, 80% of businesses go out of business, but 80% of franchises succeed over X amount of period of time. But, you know, I, I think that's that's uh, kind of a, a misleading statistic because it really does depend on the individual franchisor, right? So what I'm curious about, if we can just go back real quick to the uh, the Phoenix uh, Phoenix Salon. Sure. What was, what was, so obviously you had the relationship with the founders of Phoenix Salons, but what was your selection criteria 
when you were evaluating the business opportunity, what were you looking for? And what was it about Phoenix Salons that made you say, yes, this is a good opportunity. This is the right one. I'm ready to move forward. And, and let me say, this is a little bit different, but this is what I've kind of learned in business in general is I don't, the brand doesn't matter. The system doesn't matter. The people matter. Um, and I knew the mm. people and I trusted the people because I felt like they were going to do whatever it was going to take to help me be successful, regardless of what I was doing. Um, and I think that the people involved are so much more important than what it is, whether it's salon suites or whatever. Now, in my particular case, that I needed something that was very passive and that is a very passive business. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to tell them that, but like it's a business that I hadn't I hadn't gone to a location in two and a half years myself. So that's a very passive business, right? So I have fantastic people, but once you get the right people in place, it's, it's, it can be a very good business. Um, that being said, you know, they all have pluses and minuses. That, that was a great one for me was that I trusted the people and I believed in the system because the system made sense. The system made sense because, you know, when you, when you walk somebody through in this, in the salon case, you know, there's a lot of salon people out there that, that, I mean, they're a viable business. You know, they're people that just need a place to work and they don't want all the drama and brain damage of having to deal with everything else that has to do with the salon. So it also made a lot of sense as a business person, as, as a person. Um, it wasn't long before you started asking somebody about it and they go, well, oh, that's where my hairstylist is. Well, that's where, you know, and by, oh, okay. So, and then you realize, okay, there's that, the validation is so many people could just say, oh yeah, that's where my hairstylist works, you know? That's where my barber is, you know. Yeah, I got a massage there one time, right? And so it was. It, it one is the people. I, I would say more than anything is you've got to believe in the people that are doing it, um, because if you have the right people, frankly, they can make anything work. And we all know entrepreneurs that somehow bounce from this to this to this and seems how how on the earth does this have to do with this? But it still works. I mean, and and that's the thing. You trust the people, and I trust I trusted uh, Jason and Gina. They're they're fantastic. They've been fantastic. I love that. That's pretty impressive. So you hadn't stepped foot in one of your locations in two and a half years. That's amazing. Yep. Um, and I've been a franchisee for over seven. Yeah. That's incredible, man. What was, um, I mean, what were some of the drawbacks then and some of the challenges with, well, with, uh, with Phoenix Salons then? And that specific concept was construction was a nightmare. You know, it was always a challenge and stuff like that. Um, you know, the era, the era that I got in is probably not the era that is today with with landlords and TI and all those things. By the time I got, it was a great time to get in. You know, um, we had some struggles, frankly, during COVID time, because in Colorado, where, mm. where, where our locations are, they shut the state down for almost three months. And so, I mean, a lot of people retired, a lot of people just stopped. And so it was very challenging to kind of rebuild from there. But, but in, again, it was just, it was, um, by the nature of it is they were encouraged to be successful themselves in their suite. So, Frankly, it's just collecting weekly rent. It's, it was just like being a landlord. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there, the downside today of it would be is the cost. It's, it's huge, massive cost compared to what it was then. And, and frankly, that same amount of money could be used in a lot of other brands right now and make three to four X that same net revenue. And so the, the, the plus side is very passive. The downside is how much money you're going to make. Cause I mean, you know, I could almost buy, a three unit of a lot of brands right now for what it costs to open one location. And, you know, three units, even doing, um, you know, a hundred thousand or $150,000 a unit 
is well, well going to oversee what, what um, you know, one salon suite would do. And so the pluses, and I think there's always a trade-off. If you're, you're going to trade your time or your money, and you got to decide what that is. So if you want to give up a bunch of money, but no time, it's a great business to be. If you, if, you know, and, and that's always fleeting because I was very fortunate. Not Maybe not everybody's going to be in my shoes. Maybe they're going to be fighting like dogs to, to keep, you know, to, to, to get spaces filled and stuff like that. I was just very blessed. Um, but it's not always going to be like that. Um, you know, I would say that because I've been so exposed to the, the, the franchise world now, I would probably pick a, a different brand or two than I would have picked, you know, that, you know, it was perfect for me at the time. It's probably not perfect for me now. And so I think just where you are at in your career and what you're looking for also is a big determining factor of what brands make sense. Because there are brands out there that we, you know, with, with where a franchise see, we see that if you're willing to work, there's seven figure net brands that you can walk out. If you're willing to put your head down and work, you can walk out with a million plus a year. There's brands like that that exist, you know, um, and and there's brands that again very passive that you they're and and in, we're we're finding people in in my world on on one side of the spectrum or the other, you know everybody would love to just go to the mailbox and get a check. I mean that's that's probably the biggest universal thing that we see, um, and I was like that as too. But those are very rare, right? Those are fleeting. You got to have the perfect people in place to make that work. But it does happen, you know. Um, yeah. I don't, I hope that answers you know your question, but it's all all of it is in the structure of the brand and and you need to be able to, and, and like you talked about validation, you need to be able to talk to those folks. And and one of the interesting things about that brand is specifically say like when they told you when they told me the less you're in there, the better, I thought, that sounds very interesting, but very intriguing. And it actually was the case. There was nobody to complain to. There was no you're not, you know. They just felt independent. And the more they felt independent, the better. That makes a ton of sense. So it sounds like, and I, I don't know that this is always the case, but it seems like generally it, it likely is. You know, like you said, you're either trading, you know, your time or, or your money, you know, more money to spend less time. Or if you don't have, if you don't want to pony up quite as much money, then you're going to invest more time in the business. Yep. Do you find that that's true on average? Like if you want to be more of a, semi-absentee or more of a passive owner, you need to be investing into a, a brand that requires a larger initial investment or does it need to be a multi-unit deal? What do you what do you see on that well, front? I think that, that a big part of it is like, a perfect example is, is a QSR, or a restaurant or food truck concept. If you're willing to be a one-man show and run a, a successful food truck, you can make a fortune with a very little, you could 2X or 3X your money, your investment in a year. But you got to be the guy running the truck. Second, you're not the guy running the truck. Everything changes. You're, you've got somebody who doesn't have the same hunger that you have, the same desire to build and grow that you mm -hmm. want. So, you know, I would say that really what it comes down to is deciding where you want to be in that, in that model. Now, a one-man show in one location, very passive, that's going to be hard to make a great living. You need to have an infrastructure of people in place to make that work. So the ones that are really looking to do something passive, you really need to be a multi-unit type person because you need to be able to hire, you need to be able to figure out hire yourself somewhere as, as a GM to run multiple locations. Because if you're not going to be involved in the, the operations, it's going to be very difficult to be successful. The only way around that is giving a person, you know, skin in the game who's going to run that location. So if you if you have a partner, you know, 
you invest and you find a partner who's going to run the business and they're going to make their living based upon how well the business does, that works all day long too. But don't ever count on somebody that's getting a salary to grow your business. It's very difficult, if not impossible to have that. Exactly. So you give them- If you're hungry though, yeah, either equity, equity, profit sharing. You want, you want to make it so crazy that they're making so much money that they would be insane to leave. That's, how, that's the only way to do it. Or they have to have such a future to grow with you and the company, or it just doesn't work. And at least that's been my experience. Right. Well, that's what I tell people when they're thinking, when I have people, you know, a lot of people that we work with that come to me saying, yeah, I'd like to buy a franchise. And, you know, I'd like to be semi-absentee if possible. And I say, look, you, it's, you can do it. It is possible. But in all likelihood, you, 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 you need to make sure that not only are you, you paying them well, but you're giving them, like you said, profit sharing or some, you know, potential to earn in some equity through phantom equity, or maybe you just give them equity right out the gate. Right. But I think this, this idea that you're just going to find someone on Indeed or ZipRecruiter that paid them a salary and they're going to run your and run and grow your business for you is, uh, is a little crazy. And, and, you know, the thing is, is as somebody, you know, in our chiropractic offices, we're hiring all the time, you know, for different roles. And, and the world today is significantly different than it was before. And, um, you know, um, when I was, you know, I'm not that old of a guy, but when I was growing up, it was like, you're going to work hard, you're going to build something, you're going to do this. And, you know, work-life balance was a word that you would use when you're working 60 to 70 hours a week. Man, I got to get some work-life balance because I'm, you know, but we've had people come in at 30 to 35 hours in an interview, talk about work-life balance when they're working 30 hours a week. And it's just mind-blowing, you know, um, type of environment. And, and, but I've also seen some other people that come in hungry and they want to grow and they want to build something. You know, there's, there's, there's countless entrepreneurs out there who are hungry, motivated, um, energetic, but absolutely could not raise five grand if to save their life. You need to find that person and put them in a place to be successful. You support them with coaching and mentorship, training and capital, and tell that person to go build something because that person can build an empire. They got every tool. They just don't have the money. You need to find the guy or gal who has the tools but just doesn't have the resources. And that's a, that's the best person you could find. And they're all over the place. You just got to find them. If you'd like our help investing in a franchise at no cost to you, head over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a free consultation. So let's let's turn a little bit now to um what what you, you know part of what you do now, which sure. is uh you know helping you know franchise brands. Uh, so you help them to franchise their business. Yes. So if there's an amazing concept that they come to you or you find out there in the wild, and you're like, hey, you have a really amazing product or service, maybe this is something you should consider franchising. So you help them do that. Absolutely, and 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 they come from the craziest places. Um, we have a brand that I got I ran into on social media actually. Uh, a brand that we're working um, with called Kale My Name. They're the probably one of the number one vegan restaurants in the United States. Um, they uh, uh, Neiman, the founder, um, is very well known in, in, in that community, and they have a fantastic, amazing, nationally known restaurant that's that serves fantastic food. Well, that's a brand that can scale and grow. They have great, they have great systems. They have great. Uh, the food is fantastic, right? So. When you have a national audience for a restaurant in Chicago, um, that tells you a lot, right? And so a brand like that, um, you know, 
uh, another brand that, that you know we work with uh, you know so many different type companies um uh, another uh, and, and there's a lot of older brands that are we're breathing new life into um we work with a brand called blackjack pizza that what in colorado was very i mean i remember eating it when i was a kid you know brand that came out in the late 80s but is now seeing growth now that you know because frankly they're they're wanting to build and grow a brand we've got brands that um um, we have a brand, a food truck brand that's uh, gluten don't gluten free donuts. Well, you wouldn't think that, but but it's a fantastic. It's called Donut I Love You. So there, and and we're working on one that's just um, that you would never wildest um, imagination believe. Um, it's a brand that. Um, so my wife and I uh, had moved from Colorado to Florida. We actually lost our home in the hurricane, in Hurricane Ian. So we didn't we didn't have any furniture. Wow. And uh, we ended up moving to a little north of Springfield, Missouri, and we're looking for couches, right? And go to the big, big time furniture store and start looking at pricing. And I'm like, you know, when you buy furniture for your house, you're buying one here. And then two years later, you buy a table and you do this. When you have to outfit your whole house at one time, it is it's not cheap, wow. right? So I'm like looking at what just couches cost. I'm like, this is crazy. And my wife on Facebook finds this little couch company. A little outside of Springfield that sells amazing used leather couches. And we go down there and it's a little 4,000 square foot re- former restaurant that sells refurbished leather couches. And we're like, this is amazing. And I got, I got to build an amazing relationship with the founders. We start talking through things and start looking at $2 million in sales last year out of 4,000 square feet in a, a town of 7,000 people. And wow, had, that's impressive. And had a net north of a million dollars net with all kinds of sourcing, but no place to sell the extra couches to. So, hmm, how could we help people open up retail centers that could do the same thing? So you never know where this could come from. It could really be almost anywhere. There's no set thing. If there's great people involved, a great process, and something, who would have thought that Flipping used couches would be a fantastic business, right? So, you know, that's the thing. There's so many, um, there's so many great businesses out there that just need a little help. We're, we're helping one, a larger brand that was corporate that had 20 plus corporate location called Perfume World. They sell fragrances at a significant discount. They've got a lot of corporate locations, but they want to scale on a nationwide level. So there's not one set right way to do it. Um, we've got a floral brand uh, called Flagler Floral, and uh, uh, based out of Florida. That it, I mean, you would have no idea that the brand can generate the revenue they can generate, small number of employees. I mean, th- there's so many wonderful brands out there um, that do almost anything. And as you know, I mean, uh, you know, being around the business, you know, it's just a, it's wild what's out there that could be an effective business. So there's not really one right thing. If you're a customer. And you love the experience. Like this is our favorite place to go. For the right system, that's probably a great franchise. I mean, that's the best way I'd say. The the ones Amazing. I've seen, the ones that I've used myself. You know, I I was raised. Uh, my granddad pretty much raised me, and what he taught me about investing was invest in the things that you yourself would want to use and use. So, just to give you a concept, I started buying Netflix when they mailed DVDs to your house. So. That's my, you know, that's a long time ago, right? But I thought, man, I don't have to go to the video store. So I invested in Netflix because I got two DVDs in the mail all the time, you know, and swap them out, you know? 
when I was in the car business, I used to eat at Chipotle and there was always a line. So I started buying Chipotle because there was always a line and they served me very well. If you, if you as a customer are experiencing something that's amazing, if you as a franchise consultant, whatever, be on the lookout. You know, if you've used somebody that's fantastic, there's roofing companies out there that should probably be nationwide. There's, there's pest companies and insulation companies and you name it. There, there's so many wonderful people out there that just need a little bit of help learning how to grow a business. And that's, and that's what we try to do is we try to find fantastic business people who just need a little bit of help scaling to that next level. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure with what you do, I'm sure that there's, there are businesses you speak with though, that maybe aren't the right fit for franchising, or maybe it's not the right fit right now for them. What typically, like if you turn away somebody that is interested in franchising their business, which I'm sure happens, yep. what are what are typically some of the main reasons why 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 you would do that? Primarily, I think the biggest reason is because the, it, it is so reliable on that exact person that if you didn't have that exact person, you couldn't make it work. The most dynamic, amazing salesperson, but if he gets hit by a bus, the business dies. That that's that's one of the things. Mm. That's it. If if the, the business is so reliable and reliant on one or two people that are super key, that don't know how to duplicate themselves, the easiest way to know is: Do they have a second location or a fourth location? If they already have that, then they've got it figured out. There's a lot of businesses out there that have two locations in one town, or they've got four or five locations, and they're corporate owned. Those are fantastic because they already know what it's like. They already know what it's like to hire a, a manager over here. And so that's the easiest way. Now, if you, there's one and there's there's nothing else like it, it's always a little bit nerve-wracking because it's probably fantastic talent on one person. Now, of course, if the business isn't doing well, it's probably also not a business you want to franchise, right? It, they've got to they've have the revenue that makes sense and they got to be able to take home enough of that revenue to make it make sense. But I would say the biggest thing is right. is the person, if, if the people do not know how to duplicate themselves, because in, in my heart, in my mind, it, all franchising as a franchisor comes down to, can you coach, can you train, and can you mentor other people to do what you do in a successful way? All of that, you could have a great model, great everything, but if you don't know how to teach somebody how to do it and teach somebody how to do it well, it won't work. So really what I'd say when we're looking for talent is we're looking for fantastic people and coaches and training people and mentors because, and I, and the reason I say the word mentor, because when I hear the word mentor, it's not, I got you started and I left you, let you go. It's I'm with you through the process years from now. I talk to people that I, that I've been talking to for 25 years. That's a mentor to me, right? So it's not mm. just one time. It's not when you sign the agreement and you wire your money and you open your doors it's the person that called you that first night after you had it in and that, that, that six months later, you had a terrible day. And you're like, this is terrible. I hated this is stupid, but they're the ones that called you and you didn't ask them to call. If you're, if your phone's ringing because they're worried about you and they're checking on you, that means you picked the right brand. Oof. I love that. That's so true. That's absolutely true. And not you know? every franchise is like that, but there are plenty of them out there that are. Well, and, and, and it's, and it doesn't have to be the owner. Listen, the reality is if you've got a hundred units, you're not going to hear from the owner. It's not possible. The person is so busy. There's no, but you know what? If you got a, from your local rep and said, you know, Hey, Christian, are you doing all right, man? I just want to check on you. You know, hope you're doing a good. They know your wife's name. They know your kids. They know what's going on. 
you know? And then they call you on your birthday. Like, it's small little things. It's no different than, you know, if, you know, if I got, I've got little ones. And if, if, you know, I take my kids to the doctor and that doctor calls me later that night to check on them, how do I feel? That's someone who genuinely cares about me and my family. And, and, and that's what, when you're looking for a good brand, look for that. It's not easy to find, but that's why if you're, if you're looking to invest in a franchise and you're using a franchise consultant, ask those questions. Say, what's been your experience? What's your experience with the people you're working with? Right. And what, what, you know, the follow up. And, and that's why validation is important. It's very important. And you want to hear, and, and listen, frankly, you're going to, you, you want to talk to somebody who loves it, somebody who's average about it, and somebody who hates it. You really want to talk to all three. Mm. If, if a brand will not give you that bad one, be weary, right? Um, because the, the fact is nobody's always happy. And I know, we all know people that are just no matter what's happening in their life, they're not happy, right? And so, you know, you, you just want to get the most well-rounded. Now, listen, don't make your decision also because that bad, upset person. Um, I can tell you and, and kind of rewind a little bit. When I started in my salon suite journey, I knew everything. I mean, I was super smart. I didn't want to hire their account, their, their uh, architect because I can get an architect a lot cheaper. Well, I don't want to hire that general contractor because I get my general contractor cheaper. That's a stupid decision. Do not do that. You're paying money. Use professional people that they recommend and who've been through that process because that's a very hard lesson to learn. Um, is you bought a franchise for a reason, listen and do what they tell you to do. And I, I, I learned that the hard way. It took me about three weeks and I said, okay, never mind. I'll do exactly what you say. And so when, even if you know everything and you've run multi-million dollar businesses, if they tell you to use this architect, use that architect. So that's, that's one of those other things is, is do what they tell you to do. You're not smarter. You might think you are, but you're not. That's where that humility and coachability comes in. And, that's what I let people know. Look, if you if you really truly do want to do everything on your own, then start something up yourself. Absolutely. But if you're going to buy into a franchise concept and you're going to pay a royalty, you're going to pay a franchise fee, then follow the blueprint that you just paid for, right? right. Until you've been in the business for at least you know a year or two. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is I, I think it's and, and do and and at the same time, I, I would say invest in something you want that you want to be excited about because. You don't want to wake up in the morning and go, oh, God, I don't want to do this today. You know, um, that happens in all jobs. But 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 at the same time, you want to have something that you can be excited about. You don't need to be passionate about it. I don't think a lot of people are passionate about home painting, right? What you can be a passionate is like, I want to build <laughs> I want to build into my employees today. You know, I want to make sure they have the best day and they have mm -hmm. every tool they need. I want to make sure that, you know, they're not dealing with the brain damage at the paint store. I want to make sure that they're... They, they feel cared for and, and taken care of by me. That's what it's about, right? You know, and, and that's, the, that's the thing. I think the key is, is, to, um, is, to, is to find a business that you can care about the people that you work with. I love that. And that's, that's something I tell people a lot. I, I use the term passion is overrated a lot, but maybe that's a little misplaced. It's not that passion is overrated, but it's about where, where is that passion and where are you placing it? I don't think you necessarily need to be passionate at least going into it about sure. the industry you're going into, but can you get passionate and excited about offering an incredible service to your community? Can you be Absolutely. passionate about what you just said and providing an excellent opportunity for your employees and your teammates? That I think a lot of people can get excited about. Can you get excited and passionate about building an awesome business that's growing and you know, you're mentoring people and seeing their growth as well? Absolutely. So I think that's, like you said, that's what it's all about. Um, 
So I think that's amazing and, and incredible advice. So with that, what is the average length of time it takes from when a business engages with you wanting to franchise their business? What's the average length of time it takes to go from like initial inquiry, initial conversation to like we're franchised, we have our operations manual, we have our FDD, we're, we're just about ready to start getting this thing on the road. I would say it directly corresponds to the effort put in by the company, not us, but the other company. Um, mm. Because the, thing, the fact is we will help you write an operations manual, but I know nothing about the operations inside of your business, right? So if we hand things over and they're coming back super fast, very quickly, I mean, and I say quickly, but that's five, six, seven weeks maybe. But we have brands that take forever to get us financials, to get us an operations, a basic policies and procedures manual, photos, graphs. That stuff could take six, eight months, a year, because it's all relative to what the effort they want to put in. If you give me a hungry, motivated group, it can go fast. It could be under two months. You give me somebody else, it could take forever, right? So we're working with one brand. We may knock this sucker out very quickly. And another one, we're still waiting back on bios of the founders after, you know, three months, right? So it's like, it, it's really relevant. <laughs> it's relative. To who, you know, to who is involved, their motivation factor, and their willingness to just sit down and get their hands dirty, really. Because, I mean, we can build you a framework, but I don't know what it's like. I don't know. I don't know. Tell me, tell me how to build a, a Matt's Red Hot's hot dog, right? I, I can't do that. I, I don't know what's all in there. I don't know what's in the chili, right? You know, I don't know all those things, right? So, um, you know, that's the thing is they've got to be willing, but it comes down to coaching and teaching. They've got to be able to do that. And they've got to tell, be able to tell us all that information so that we can prepare it all in a fantastic way for a franchisee. Because they've got to be able to, they're going to learn from you. They're going to learn, you know, but it's everything from assembling videos on how to's and, and, you know, how to, how to talk to customers. And, and believe it or not, it's, it sounds crazy, but turning the lights on, turn the lights off, checking for this, keeping the building clean, all those things have to be written down because you'd be shocked when people don't know what you have to do every day, you know, locking the building at night. <laughs> you know, it's like, doesn't seem like a thing, but you got to put it down because somebody will forget. Right. So I think it really comes down to the effort on, on the, on the new company side. But in general, I think it's very safe to say, I would say six to six to nine weeks, probably, um, it, it, for somebody who's really dialed in. Because in frankly, it's a, it's a massive legal document. I mean, just imagine what it's like to create mm -hmm. a 140 to 200 page legal document. That takes time. It's not magic. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Hopefully. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so somebody that's motivated and, and, and again, the biggest part is we are, with our clients, we start from the very beginning. So there's a lot of decisions they have to be made from structure to royalties to franchise fees to technology fees to what they're going to provide, what they're going to help with, what they're going to be responsible with, what the franchisees are going to be responsible with. So we really walk them through that journey so that they really are the company they want to be and, and truly also following the best practices of franchise companies in general. Because you know, the, the thing is that that's nice in our business is the fact is you can look at your competitors all in a row. You know, you can pull up a list of the 10 companies just like you and you can know what the royalties are, what their average unit volume is, what and and being able to know that data and be able to make the right decision for your company at the time is very important. And we help our clients do that. Because we we want to be the differentiator between why you pick this quick service restaurant and this one. 
right? What, what are we going to offer that's better? Because we have to offer something that's better because if we're the same, there's no reason for them to pick us, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So last, uh, last couple of questions before we wrap up. Yeah. One of them I did want to ask was, um, you, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about your experience with Phoenix Salons that it was the perfect business for you at the time, but today needs change, the economic climate changes, the business environment changes, sure. your personal needs change, all that sort of thing. Um, and, and so on that note, I'm curious what you see as being some of the, I hate the word hottest trend because I don't, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of great businesses in all kinds of different industries, but do you see what, I mean, what sort of trends do you see within franchising that you see are, are worth checking out and investigating and potentially hopping on? You know, um, for me, I like things that are a little bit outside the box that people haven't, that there's not a lot of competition in. Um, you know, right now there's bajillion mm-hmm. painting companies and pest companies. And now there's a lot of insulation companies and on home services. Or there's like, you know, water mediation. There's a billion different, you know, companies out there. So I like looking for things that maybe are not something that would be first in your mind. Um, but, but businesses that can, and the reality is we all, I mean, we all know restaurants that can be fantastic, you know, but the right restaurant, like a hamburger restaurant might be a challenge, right? But a vegan, an upscale vegan restaurant might be a great one, right? Um, I think senior, senior care is competitive, but something that's outside the realm of, of a traditional, like a memory care, which is not being done right now. I think that would be something that could be done. Um, something that's outside the norm. You know, something that's a little bit different. Um, and I think that that's why a, a business like Franchise's Seed is pretty cool because we are looking for those little niches that don't exist right now. Um, you know, and, and that's what I think. I mean, there's no, there's, there's a couple of businesses that, why are they not franchises? Um, we're working with a, a, another brand um, that's a liquor store. Like there's a bajillion mom and pop stores, but there's no national with buying power and everything else that could be there. There's, all little things like that. Um, laundry, like coin-op laundry. There's nothing out there like that, right? So there's a lot of brands that could be nationwide franchise brands that don't exist. So I would say it's for looking for the little niches that are not going to be everybody and their brother having a franchise. You know, that's that's what I think, but that's because I'm just kind of looking or something that's a major disruptor in an industry. Um, there's some brands right now. Mm. Um, there's some big, uh, uh, very strong, like, uh, like horsepower brands, um, right now is their tech is beyond anything else. So I would say incredible inside of, and I'm, you know, I'm a fan because of what they're, the infrastructure of what they have built. So I don't, I think it does not. And frankly, I don't know that it even matters what they're doing. It's because of how they're doing it. and the, the, pieces of, of the puzzle that makes so much sense. That's why that would make sense to me. It's not because of the, the franchise itself. It's because the, the team behind it, it comes all the way back to people, mm-hmm. right? Give me somebody who's been there, done that and knows what's going on, had a successful exit, has built it again and exited again and doing it. That person knows what they're doing, right? Um, and so give me somebody who has those talents because the and because again the brand doesn't matter the people matter and that's why I would say in something like that and 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 they I would say generally they pretty much came out of nowhere I mean not really but you know what I'm talking about right yeah so um, it, it's 
it's it's that kind of that that's a big thing for me is what makes you different. Why pick this one? So you better have something good because if not, you're just going to get washed into the five thousand franchises that are out there. You know, and we know it's what so is true. what is it? Twelve percent make a hundred or something like that. So, yeah, some some crazy like that. Yeah, right. So I mean, and yeah, not many. Right. And now that being said, you don't need to, as a franchisor, you don't need to hit that to be very successful at all. You know, but but we just know that there's a difference maker between one and the other. Exactly. I, I love that. It sounded like what you were saying was either the what has to be different, like what you do has to be different. And it's like a, a, a service or a product that not everybody's doing like a vegan restaurant. It's, right. you know, less prevalent than a hamburger joint right. or how you do it is a little bit different. So there's right. better processes and procedures and infrastructure in place like Horsepower Brands has where they just have, they own all the support verticals in-house or technology is amazing. So even though they're in very competitive markets, they can deliver a better customer experience and a better franchisee experience because they offload so much of the headache right. from the franchisee. Which, so which is unbelievable. Or, or lead generation. What what are they doing for leads? How mm-hmm. are they helping you generate your leads? If they're, I mean, like Uber, Uber came out of nowhere. Why? Because it was faster, easier, and simpler. It's no different than I'm getting a ride from somebody else to take me to my, to my location. It just made it simpler, made it easier. It's the same kind of thing. If you can create an easier way to get it done, you know, it makes sense. That's so true. Well, Jeff, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for your insight. And this is just such a, a, an incredible episode that even for myself and my own knowledge, I'm going to come back and listen to this again. <laughs> um, but uh, for, for everyone that's listening that, you know, they'd like to get in touch with you, whether it's to help franchise their business or... No. Really anything, I guess, within the franchise space. How, how would they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Easiest way is email me at jeff at com, Or look up, look me up on LinkedIn, uh, Jeff Alexander with, uh, with Franchise Succeed. Um, but jeff at com is the easiest way to reach out to me. And uh, I'd, I'd be happy to help you guys anyway. Appreciate it. Well, Jeff, thanks again so much for coming on. Thanks everyone for tuning into another episode. And uh, really quickly, want to just thank again our sponsors with uh, Silicone Signs. Um, anything you need as a franchisee or if you're a franchisor, exterior, interior signage, they're great guys to call. So go to siliconsigns.com. Again, siliconsigns.com. And you could reach out to the founder uh, as a franchisor, chase at siliconsigns.com if you want some additional information for rolling out their help to your whole franchise system. Again, they've helped crumble. Capriotti's, Wing Zone, Dirty Dough, Handles, Ice Cream, and so many other amazing concepts. So uh, check them out, siliconesigns.com. And again, thanks everyone so much for tuning in to another episode of the I Fired My Boss franchise podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode. You're f***ing fired. If you want to say those words to your boss, make sure you head on over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a no-cost consultation. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend who might also want to fire their boss. 